All right, everybody, this is Scoots here. And this is another famous tale that I heard one time and that, uh, you know, believe it or not, the, to the people, well, the beings that told me this were two pigeons. You know, once upon a time, I was uh, feeling a little bit uh, like taking a walk. And I took a walk and I was sitting on a bench uh, across the street from a like a, one of those stores that like I think it was still a Kmart. It may have still been a Kmart back when this happened. And I was sitting there across the parking lot looking at the Kmart, not at the doors of the Kmart or the windows. I was studying one of the carousel that was sat outside of Kmart. It was a carousel that could fit four children. Never thought about this before. What is the rules? Um, because only one person pays, and if you don't have four children, I guess it's an opportunity. Talk about an opportunity for small gestures of kindness and community that we probably missed out on. Maybe, maybe not, though, where you say, hey, does any, any other children around want to ride uh, this carousel? I'm about to put a quarter in. So the child I'm with it can I'm with can ride, but uh, it was like it was a mini carousel, four seats. I don't even know. I mean, it's technically you had to call it a carousel, but what I was struck by was that this one was out of order, and so I was just kind of staring at it, and I, was, I wasn't I wasn't thinking of those things. I was thinking. Uh, that the top of it looked a bit like a crown, and I didn't know if that was intentional or not. And on this crown, on top of a carousel, were two uh, pigeons. Um, and they were just kind of sitting there. It looked like they were just chilling, and, and it kind of looked like they were having a conversation. So I decided to get a little closer and, uh, like, sit, there was a bench right there, I guess a bench where if you had your child on a carousel, the carousel, you could sit and enjoy them enjoying the carousel. And so I got there, and I sat down, and the pigeons, you know, they looked at me, but I didn't have any popcorn or anything, you know, I didn't have anything. So then they went back to their conversation, and I guess they didn't realize I was listening in, but they were talking pretty loud, in, 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 like, I, I happened to just, uh, like, uh, like, uh, they were talking, and which should have been, should be the most important part of the story. But at the time, I was more enthralled in the story they were telling. I mean, that could have been on the front page of the paper. Probably, I think I tried to call that, and it, you know, breaking news, uh, local boy talks to pigeons in front of uh, Kmart's broken down carousel. And they said, wait a second, the bro- the carousel at Kmart's broken down? What, how, you know, what am I going to do with all my quarters? I've been saying, I guess there's the horsey. Uh, and they said, oh, no, it was the boy. And I said, no, first of all, you got the, he- was that a clickbaity headline? Because I didn't say I was talking to the pigeons when I called in the hot tip number. Two pigeons were talking, telling a st- talking to one another. I didn't talk to them. I was just listening. And yeah, the carousel was out of order, but uh, that really wasn't the point. I was uh, the point was that they were speaking in in English.
So that's why, but so that that could have happened. But instead, I just listened to this tale, and the pigeon was telling the tale of the uh, the balloon monarch. And sometimes pigeons talk very fast, so I wasn't exact. Said because I because I, I was listening and I couldn't say. Did you is the title the story of the balloon monarch or the monarch that loved balloons, or the monarch that was a balloon? So for a little while, I wasn't really listening because I was imagining a monarch, the monarch balloon. Like I said, wait a second. Oh, are you talking about a monarch, a butterfly that's a balloon? But then I was imagining like uh, some sort of uh, king and queen that were actual balloons, like floating around and stuff. Uh, but so I, here's what I know. There were, once upon a time, some stuff happened, and then there was a farmhouse, uh, and the farmhouse was pink, and it had a, like a thatched roof, a stone fireplace, uh, uh, it was made from pink, pink, like deep pink, not hot pink, uh, like neon pink. Uh, no, I guess hot pink. Uh, I think, I think it was hot pink. I think, uh, like, like, like wood beams and then a lighter bubble cotton candy pink, uh, uh, stucco. And once upon a time, there was a couple that lived in the house, and they decided to go on a picnic. Uh, and they packed a picnic basket, or one of them packed it, because, uh, 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 they, you know, they, it was their idea. They said, would you like to go on a picnic? Uh, I've planned one for us. And the other person, the person said, well, it's a little warm. I'm not sure how far away. And they said, oh, it's going to be a special picnic. I have a jug of uh, our finest lemonade and, you know, a baguette and cheeses. You know, I have plenty. I have uh, dessert even. So it's going to be so great. Uh, So let's go. And the person, so they had a picnic basket. The person also... uh, they wore a stocking cap during the day. And I don't know why a pigeon, like I said, why, like pigeons, they they get interested in some, and the, the other pigeon said, a stock, like one from like a bedtime story? I said, yeah, like a sleeping cap. Uh, like one that like has like, that's too long for the head and it goes down with and it ends in a poof ball. And the other, you know, the pigeon telling the story said exactly like that. Uh, and they said, interesting, interesting, interesting. And so they said, okay, well, uh, like, uh, it, like uh, anyway, can you get back to the story? And they said, sure, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Uh, and I said, well, why is it important? And I said, well, it's important, one, because it tells you a lot about one of these people. Uh, like, uh, they're, probably, they're probably pretty cool, or they could be pretty annoying. You know, it's hard to tell right now. But uh, so it, it, also, it's a part of the story, yeah. But it, it's, uh, it's, it'd help you relate or not relate to the character. So they just lived in a farmhouse, right? They were farmers. And this particular farmer, this old stocking cap, we'll call that person, 
and the the, the guest, uh, they, uh, you know, they were out. They said, like, the, the, the stocking cap, you know, there was stuff going on. You know, just not many people just go on a picnic. And, oh, oh you should know this about pigeon storytelling, is that most pigeons, uh, they do their, because they're observing humans all day long, they're entertained, like they find humans endlessly entertaining and fascinating, maybe not in the most complimentary way. So, yeah, they do tell stories like about humans uh, to entertain one another just because other pigeons, they're too competitive. Pigeons are very competitive, so they can't listen. They, you, you would This is not the kind of thing they teach in school. Pigeons can't suspend their disbelief about pigeon-based stories. And this is true for most competitive birds. You say, Scoots, give me a list of the most competitive birds. They say, I can't do that. It's in the middle of a story. It can only go on. It can only go on this tangent about pigeons being competitive. Uh, this was a story. This was a, a famous study conducted within my imagination at the Institute of Pigeon Studies. Uh, or maybe it was the Institute for Pigeon, Pigeon Fake, Fictional Pigeons or Pigeon Fiction. But, uh, or maybe it was a competition about how many times you could accidentally say pigeons. Uh, but they, they, they're just very competitive. So if you start telling them a story about pigeons with pigeons in it, they place, it's hard for them to listen. Just kind of like, um, it's confusing for me watching the latest three Star Wars movies, especially the first two, uh, because, of, well, a couple of different reasons. Uh, now I forget the character's name, of course, uh, but uh, he was BB-8's best friend, and he's like a, like a rogue and a very good, like the best pilot in the galaxy. Not Finn. I can't remember the character's name. Something like a smooth, smooth pilot or something. I think of it. Oh, I almost had it, but then Finn's name popped in my head. Now Finn, I kind of is a little bit more approachable in my opinion. Uh, but this character, I get jealous of. I say, wait a second. This, this. I mean, Finn and BB-8 are friends, very close friends. I can say, okay, I can deal with that. Uh, but this, the other character, oh, his name starts with Poe, Poe Dameron. I find myself competing with Poe Dameron. In my, you know, I say, well, I can't, I can't suspend my disbelief uh, because I have strong feelings about him, you know, based, you know, based in a you know, vulnerable part of me. Where I say, wait a second, like, uh, how come Poe Dameron gets to hang out with BB-8, uh, like I like I want BB-8 to run up to me like and hug me or you know not hug me but be I can't believe you're here kind of thing. And I want to be the one to say all that stuff and do you know do this you know do like a barrel roll. So that's how it is for pigeons too. They just say what like you lost me when you when the story had another pigeon in it. Like, for example, one of the big famous books uh, is Don't Let the Don't Let a, Is it Don't Let a Pigeon Drive the Bus or Don't Give a Pigeon Too Many Cookies? Either way, if you sit down with a group of pigeons and try to tell them that story, 
you you might not notice it unless you're you have a pigeon sensitivity but they're going to start acting out because they're they're going to stop listening and they're going to say drive like a truck those in australia will recognize this kind of as a tall poppy it's it's very similar with pigeons it's different because they're just naturally competitive, but this is just when storytelling, they just can't, like, they actually learn to adapt, uh, which you'd say, wow, glad pigeons are so competitive, but they still want to consume fiction, narrative fiction. They just don't want to con- consume narrative, pigeon-based narrative fiction. Only cost $1.4 billion imaginary doll hairs uh, to get that study completed. And find that out. And then they sent me an abstract. I said, what is this? I want it and, you know, I want to be able to understand it. And even the part of my brain said, oh, goodness. Uh, so where were we? Oh, so these pigeons were telling each other a story. And the, the, they were fixated on the stocking cap of, of one of the characters in the story, human who the pigeon was calling stocking cap. So the humans, they went out and, and stocking cap had scouted out to try to find the perfect, uh, place, uh, to have a, to have a, to have a really nice picnic. So stocking cap had found this one place. It was a clearing. It had a beautiful view of the countryside. It was like, we had to go through the woods to get there. Not bad, you know, not bad, but, uh, they went through the woods, they went up to this picnic site, and they were relaxing in there. And, uh, like, uh, they were enjoying their picnic. They were in love. Uh, I think that was part of it was, like, uh, I don't know, like, it was just part of, the, like, something what a stocking cap wanted to do for the other character who wore their hair in a bun, like, not a bun, what do you call it when the buns are on the side of your head? But this, that's how this character wore their hair. I don't know what that's called. I always think of Princess Leia, which is weird because that's not intentional that I was just talking about Poe Dameron. But anyway, this character wore their hair in a bun on the side of their head. And so they were there. They were enjoying the picnic. They were kissing occasionally. They had their shoes off and, you know, they were, you know, they do that thing where you kick back on your elbows and look at the sky and you sigh and you laugh and you nap, all that stuff. Uh, and they, they, uh, they, 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 you know, they were just enjoying themselves and then they kind of got bored and they were looking at the clouds and, uh. Old stocking cap took off their stocking cap and, you know, because it probably got warm, you'd think. But uh, they said, uh, what do you think that cloud looks like, uh, my dear? And uh, uh, old bun hair, that's what it, like I'll call the other character. This is what the pigeon said. You'd say, Scoots, this is, uh, and I said, well, we're, you know, this is a layer of the story. I'm only trying to translate what the pigeons were talking about and what I was able to, you know, surmise. Also, every once in a while, like somebody would come out and they'd, you know, get it, you know, they'd sit, they'd say, what are you doing? Waiting for them to fix. You know how many people think that's a funny joke uh, that shop it came, you know, 
could be shopping at anywhere, but just this happened to be Kmart shoppers. Uh, they would come out of Kmart. They would sit down. This is like all like uh, like of all the diversity of Kmart's customers. Almost all of them, except for little kids. Uh, when I say little, I mean like two or three. But even like kids older than that to very older adults and cross-cultural, about every 40 minutes, someone would sit down next to me and they'd say, what are you doing? Just waiting for them to fix the carousel, you know, in in their own voice or their own intonation and with their own punchline. What are you doing? Waiting for them to fix the carousel? What, what are you doing waiting? For them to figure, you know, hardy, and I'd say hardy, har, har. But I wasn't really, it didn't really bother me because I was listening in on the pigeons. But it was also distracting. So, some, you know, like I'd say, because occasionally someone would sit and they'd say, what time's the bus come or something? And I'd say hardy, har, har. And then they'd say, my word. And then they'd walk off. Uh, uh, so. Uh, so anyway, uh, like, so I'm listening to the pigeons. They're telling the story, a summary. A couple went on a picnic. A couple went, went to, for a picnic. You think that's, <laughs> they lived in a pink farmhouse, uh, and that's all that's happened so far. Perfect picnic spot up on a hill, through the woods, beautiful view of the countryside. And, you know, they got to the point where they had to, like, uh, you know, they, they were looking for some entertainment because, or I don't know, something. Because the, the, the picnic part had petered out and they'd already napped and kissed. And, you know, that was, you know this is an open, hilly picnic spot. So not much you know, other than, like, kissing. But so the, the uh, old stocking cab said, hey, look up at the sky and tell me what you see in the clouds. Uh, and Bunhair would say, oh, that, you know, that looks like a puppy dog. And, and then they say, okay, tell me more about the puppy dog. Does it have, uh, is it one of those dogs with long legs or short legs? It kind of go, they'd go through like that, uh. And so this is the first time it happened because there's only one time where it had the total, like it had a smaller element of surprise after the first time. And Bunhair did hear something, but uh, Stocking Cap said, keep an eye on that cloud. Tell me what you see. But eventually Bunhair, like after describing this first dog that Bunhair saw in the clouds, looked over and uh, within the Stocking Cap, uh, a stocking cap was making a animal balloon, or was that what you call them? A balloon animal, animal balloon, balloon animal, and uh, then would give it to them. And then they did this like four or five times, uh, and it got pretty competitive, like because uh, they were, you know, in a relationship, so they were having fun. Like uh, Bunhair would say, "That looks like a." a like a, a slow flan fleet of running. And uh, the stacking cap said, Did you say a slow flan fleet of or a slow flan flute or flouten? And then, you know, they would laugh and then say, Okay, well, it has, uh, it has feathers. Uh, 
Now, the little thing about balloon animals, like, there, you do ask leading questions. I've studied enough balloon animal, balloon animal artists, uh, in, in this situation to where they ask, oh, did it have a long, thin tail or a long, thin nose? You see, there's really no, and you could say neither. You say, okay, did it have, like, a little round little nose or a little round little tail, uh, Cause, so that way you, in, in probably you ask like other questions based on, I don't know how they choose the balloons or anything. But anyway, they went back and forth like that and kept making balloon animals. So they were surrounded with five or six balloon animals. And then they were delighted. Then they were, I mean, they were talking about like staying power. I mean, then they were playing with the balloon animals, like, like they, that they were toys. And this is when they were fully enthralled. And you could see why pigeons would like this story. This was another time we stopped paying attention, but I think there was even a story within the story about what they were playing, like with the fleet of flat and fruit or loud in, and, uh, you know, whatever the dog, the, the dog, and, you know, that they were friends. Oh, do you want, this is how, like, this is, how, oh, do you want to come out and play? Sure, I'd love to come play. Oh, what do you want to play? Uh, let's play dancing dance. Okay, let's play dancing dance. Oh, can we play twirly time now? So something like that, because again, someone really goofed at me that time. They said, I'm just sitting here, eh? And they say, just sitting here trying not to talk to anybody that tries to talk to me while I'm sitting here in my head. And they said, oh, not a talker, are you? And they said, well, what do you got to point that out for? Again, in my head. Uh, and they said, well, I'm one to point it out. Yes, sir. I say, holy cow. Is this like a version of bench-splaining? Like, are you bench-splaining me? And then, but they took me on such a long ride, and then they still came back at the end with, uh, uh, waiting for, you know, what are you waiting for? Like, they tricked me into answering. I said, nothing. And they said, oh, did you give up on the carousel getting repaired? I don't know, something like that. It was better of a burn. And I said, I just give, like I said, what are you, like 86 years old? And you just tricked, you just gave me a seven-minute buildup uh, to a car- carousel repair punchline. Okay, so the couple's having the picnic. They're playing with these balloon animals. Oh, boy, how wonderful could it possibly get Uh even more wonderful, I'll tell you, it could have gotten more wonderful because old, uh, they had made a deal. Old stocking cap said to Bunhair, hey, why don't you get dinner ready? Like, just trust me, then we'll take dinner will be ready and we could do the dishes first. Uh, so that, you know, like, talk about nice, like, isn't that one of the best things you never think to do? Like when you go out for something, they say, I got to make dinner. Ugh. Or even if you say, well, just figure, you know, they couldn't just order dinner out. You know, they lived in the countryside. So they had dinner prepared, waiting at home for them. So it could have got better because then they could go home. I mean, like, uh, see, I'm trying to put make this, you know, for everybody. But uh, in any order, you know, they could go home. They could, if if this uh, picnic rekindled or kindled any romance type stuff, uh, 
You know what I'm saying? Because they said, well, now we're in the privacy of our own farmhouse. Uh, uh, like, uh, let's have our dinner or and eat it too or whatever. I'm gonna, you know, you know, and then the, like there's dessert. They had desserts. So it was really like a well thought out. And I think the pigeons like admired that in the human. If it was a pigeon based story, they'd they would have found a hole in it or something, or they would have said, I don't know. But in this sense, even I think hopefully all of us are enjoying it just like the pigeons who are saying, wow, this is really going good, eh? And there was even, I think this was, I'm not sure what stage this was. Uh, it could have been an early romance, you know, relationship, uh, or it could have been a long-term relationship of discovery. Because at one point, Bunhair said, I didn't even know you were a balloon sculptor. And, you know, then they said, well, there's many more things, you know, I'd like to know, you know, like, so, so it was like that kind of thing, too. But so there they were, of course, uh, playing with sculpted balloons or formed balloons or twisted balloons, however you want to say it. uh, When who could come across the clearing? But, you know, I don't know what these kind of hats are called. Like like they're hats made of like... uh, like like leaves, uh, but they're not. They don't look like leaves. Like you see them on, uh, I don't know. Like it's a what is that called? I don't know. Like not a rattan hat, but maybe it was a rattan hat. I don't, I don't think they have those. But it was this person in, in some sort of hat, you know, like made of uh, some sort of leaf-like material. But it didn't look like it was made of leaves. It looked like it was like a woven hat or, you know what I'm saying. I just can't think of the word, uh, you know, a hat, you know, f- fancy hat, but, but like a, a hat that conveyed authority that probably cost money or time to create. And they came across uh, the field slowly. And the couple didn't really notice him at first, but then... Like, the person was wearing, like, a cloak, uh, and out of their cloak dashed a cat, and the cat kind of jumped on one of the balloons that had blown off the picnic blanket. And it popped, uh, and then, you know, of course, broke the mood, and then the cat popped to the other ones, and then they said, what is your cat? Uh, It's popping our balloons. Uh, And they said, it's probably not good for it uh, and this person in the cab said, you're trespassing. And they said, trespassing where? And they said, you're trespassing on the land of uh, your graces. Uh, and they said, your graces, that's beyond the, the next set of hills, uh, the castle. And they said, this is their, their leisure lands. Uh, you're trespassing on their leisure lands where they come for leisure. And they'll be coming today or this evening for leisure, and you've uh, ruined their leisure by being here. And, you know, they went back and forth. Uh, and the pigeons, you know, they had an opinion about this. They said, what it like, who do these, who do these uh, graces think they are? And uh, the, the, the person said, uh, well, I, well, I work for them, you know, I, I'm... Uh, the authority figure, 
And they said, well, well I guess we'll go home then. Uh, you know, but uh, it wasn't very nice of your cat to pop our balloons. Uh, and then the, the authority figure said, balloons, balloons. Uh, what is a balloon? And they looked at each other. But balloons weren't really common knowledge back then because you had to make them. Well, you don't want to know how they did it back in the days when there was castles. You know, just trust me, they're balloons. And so they weren't really well known because you had to be mostly you'd find balloons on farms uh, or with people with a lot. You know, you know, I should just kept moving on. So uh, they're just made from natural stuff. I mean, I don't know why I'm like uh, this is a gift from nature. And never use, never wasteful. Uh, there you go. So they said, like, they said, okay, well, anyway, we got to get going here because, uh, and they said, you're going nowhere. And they said, yeah, we're going home. We actually have dinner prepped. We had a lovely day. And I'm so sure you did. I'm sure you had a day of leisure on the leisure lands, but uh, that's outlawed. This isn't your land of leisure on. And the graces are a particularly foul, you know, mood this year and last this decade. And when they learn of this, uh, you know, they're going to expect it to be recompensated, you know, whatever, you know, the, like a further loss of leisure. And then, and then they said, Bunhair said, "There's no, leisure is not a zero-sum thing. He said, there's enough leisure to go around and then the authority figure said, well, one of you is going to have to prove that fact to the monarchs. And this is like the kind of tale, you know, you know what happens in these tales. You know, it's a bedtime story, but, you know, things went too far. And they said, well, one of you is going to have to uh, entertain, you know, maybe put the graces in a good mood and one of you isn't. And, and it kind of got a, like uh, this authority figure was really harshing their mellow. So they were, they had strong feelings about it. So Bunhair, you know, of course, she brought out the C-U-R-S-E, like both in her language, but also she said, we're no mere farmers. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're amateur entertainers and, uh, magic, you know, I'm a magic user, uh, and, you know, by the power of these balloons, you know, I like make sure that, uh, your graces never enjoy Anything ever again, balloon related, uh, uh, well, like for for you know till then you know and then and then the authority figure said, well, I'm also a magic user, and you know I work for the graces, uh, you know keeping their leisure lands and their non leisure lands in order. And, you know, I, I'm authorized uh, to tell, you know, to, to enforce those rules, uh, you know, to, to, to what serves their graces to the best of my abilities. Uh, and blah, blah, you know, this was like this, like this was the conflict that pigeons really enjoyed and they were acting it out and stuff. Uh, but eventually the authority figure said, okay, well, you already got your curse in, but by the way, uh, the rest of this is just going to, you know, I got, we got, uh, you know, our, everybody that works for the, the graces around here, I just have to blow my whistle or raise my voice and they'll come running. 
So why don't you come along? And then they like said, okay, basically, here's what I've decided. They said, uh, you with the, the, the bun hair, you're going to have to live up in the Great Tower here in the, de- the deepest of the woods, uh, where like the heart of the leisure land and overlook the leisure land. And now, now, holy moly, is was this heart of the woods? You'd figure, okay. You know, not a lot of natural light, kind of gloomy. No, no, no. But if someone said, I'm going to take you to the leisure lands, you might say, eh. But if you saw a picture of it, you'd say, holy moly. It was like a palatial estate. But also had this giant tower. Now, the giant tower mostly served uh, as a beacon uh, and a lookout, uh, and whatever. So they say, you're going to be up in the tower and you'll be able to look down at all the leisure going on and see, you know, in all directions. And if anything comes, you're supposed to let us know. If anything comes and you let us know, we'll let you out of leisure. You know, you'll be able to de-leisure. Otherwise you're going to have to stay up there until, uh, you know, you managed to, uh, your, your uh, partner here, old uh, stocking cap, manages uh, to undo, uh, to find a way to break whatever you did and, and find a way to make them enjoy balloons. And they said, oh boy, have you got us. Uh, and so they went in and they sent uh, Bunhair all the way up to the top of the tower and your bun hair actually said, well, I hope we get invaded and then I can tell you about the invasion and we, I get out and then, you know, the invasion still happens uh, and would think about that every day. Now, old stocking cap got, you know, signed to uh, the throne room, uh, which overlooked the pool and uh, there's like a natural spring pools and a lot of cool stuff uh and the graces were there. They were a younger monarchs, uh, and uh, they found that they, uh, another part of the curse uh, that, that didn't really get attention because I wasn't paying attention because, again, uh, like uh, at one point I went in and got a gumball from the machine because uh, I just thought I could use a couple of gumballs. But I think another part of the curse was that they were also kind of everyone, or maybe they didn't know this, uh, but they were kind of also caught up in this thing until what they didn't know. I guess everybody but Bunhair and, and uh, Stocking Cap, uh, it was kind of like a groundhog situation where they couldn't enjoy balloons, but they couldn't leave the leisure lands until they enjoy, like until the curse was broken. And how do you break a curse uh, that the only way to break it is uh, presumably was either have someone come and uh, so anyway, like uh, that's like kind of explains why they didn't just go back to their castle right away. And maybe they weren't gone that long because old stocking cap uh, started to make balloons, you know, balloon animals and like... uh, there was also hired storytellers, so they would do the balloons, but it, nothing did it. The Grace sisters were like, eh, boring. 
But, old, you know, here's the thing. Old Stocking Cap was very, very smart. And these weren't like, these balloons, they were very high quality. And Old Stocking Cap would even say, well, what, what if one day you do enjoy these balloons? Let's dip them in paraffin or paraffin so that you have them as toys and we'll pile them up somewhere for some day. And uh, old Stacky have just said, you know, I'm here, man. I'm making balloons. Uh, and at first, first few years, it was just balloon animals. And uh, at some point, Stacky have said, well, I can't keep this up, even though there became, you know, thousands of balloon animals stacked at the at the the extra toy yard, which just happened to be next to the giant tower. Of course, uh, you see where this is going. So there was like a, like that was the original plan. It was like, oh, I can stack up all these balloon animals uh, in the middle of the night. I'll run up, rescue my, uh, my, my sweet, sweet bun hair, and we'll get out of there. But eventually, uh, you know, you, you can't, you can only make so many balloon animals in a year before you, like, uh, one, it gets repetitive, and two, you kind of get, you say, okay, this is exhausting. And so this was a moment in history that doesn't get in. I mean, this, I guess, was a thing, the pigeons, because they think they were, like, uh, maybe they saw people coming in and out of the, but came, I don't know if Kmart had balloons, but FaZe was down the way. Maybe FaZe had balloons. Uh, but they are familiar with them because the birds flying around. You know, they don't live 100% of the time on the top of a broken-down carousel. Uh, but this was the time when they invented balloons as we know them because they, they had this whole entourage to keep these two, uh, what do you call them, uh, monarchs entertained. Uh, and so, uh, and I, I guess like, uh, what's his name, Stocking Cap, uh, was really a collaborator. So he'd say, okay, let's paint some things and... So they started painting balloons. And at first it was like silly faces, and then it was like things from stories and and stuff like that. Uh, but you couldn't really make those out of paraffin and, and put them and pile them up. So, uh, and, you know, the kids, the, the monarchs, they never got into it because it was one, you know, they had a, if you know you're going to have another balloon tomorrow. But two, also the curse. They couldn't couldn't get over the curse, you know. So old, old Stocking Cap said, okay, I don't know, I don't know. And Stocking Cap uh, did figure out one thing. Like eventually some of the travelers or teachers, they said, well, there's, you know, there's balloons and other things and there's these floating balloons. Uh, you know, you put a candle and the balloon will float. And so they went through a period of floating balloons. Now, this gave Stocking Cap an idea of how to communicate finally two-way with bun hair. Because for the time, bun hair would drop notes uh, down for Stocking Cap. And Stocking Cap would communicate with gestures and stuff. Uh, but it was really unsatisfactory. Uh, bun hair was writing these you know, deep letters and also saying, we got to get out of here. You know, they just send me up a bucket of oats and a bucket of carrots and, you know, two buckets of water every day. And it's, you know, where it's, it's not fun. 
And also, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, a little bit irritated with these monarchs and their balloons. Uh, and so once Stock and Cap and uh, Bunhair could communicate, they sort of say, okay, well, how's everybody else feeling? They said, no one likes these monarchs. And they said, okay, well, let's figure out a way to deal with it. Uh, you know, we're, we're already on a long, we're on a long game, breaking a curse. We kind of trapped ourselves in and got recursed. And they said, where's the authority figure? And they said, the authority figure's waiting, uh, like, because they don't realize that we're stuck in this day over and over and over again. And they said, okay, so they figured out that they could get everybody else. So they got the storytellers and the musicians to start really telling these more action-oriented stories about, uh, like, uh, you know, conflict within lands and that monarchs aren't always monarchs. And sometimes, you know, there's forest beings or, you know, other rulers, all that kind of stuff. Some history, even history, actual history. And meanwhile, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Stocking cap was working on grander and grander balloon designs, uh, and ones uh, that with a plan, uh, because uh, not only was uh, Bunhair supposed to be looking out, but there was other lo- like levels on the tower, right, uh, where there was guards and stuff keeping an eye on stuff. Uh, and so what uh, eventually, like, uh, they realized was if you did it at night with a candle balloon on a string with a painting on it, uh, you could kind of bring it up in front of one of the lookouts uh, and, like, show them a scene that they would think is happening in the distance. Uh, and they were able to perfect this by testing it out with uh, with Bunhair because it, at first it was like Bunhair's like, no, 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 I can see the signs of the balloons, like, uh, change the color. Or, oh, this only works on nights, you know, with full, you know, not on a full moon night. So, you know, three quarters or less. So they started to get this idea that, uh, yeah, like uh, there's a forces amassing outside of the the woods. Uh, and, uh, like, they started to get warnings. They're like, okay, they're getting close. They're slowly moving in. uh and, uh, the, you know, the monarchs started to get worried. They said, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And the stocking cap said, okay, well, I, what if I could do something? Uh, and they said, what would you do? And the, like, authority figure was there because the authority figure was also concerned because the authority figure... Really had no way, because again, there was this fog of delusion down there a little bit too. Stacking cap laid everything out. I said, okay, so we're under like a dual curse situation. You know, my beloved bun hairs up in the tower, and they're not going to be able to come down until we're free, we've freed you from the curse of never being able to enjoy balloons. But we also know that there's this, uh, amassing force uh, out there that your your uh uh troops see every single night uh and uh, the, the the like stocking cap said what if uh 
was my 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 my, my dearest bun here is a, a like a powerful magic user. What if we can deal with these uh, troops and the fires and the movement out, out uh, on the edges of your leisure land? If they all go away, uh, will you free us? Uh, and they said, we will, but we like we commit. And I said, no matter what, you'll free us. Uh, and they said, yeah, but we're still stuck in the curse situation, so it doesn't really matter until you find a balloon that is going to delight us. Uh, uh, like, does it really, really matter at all? And uh, Steinkamp said, don't worry. So... Uh, so just rest easy, like, uh, and then Sagging Cap asked for a bunch of other stuff. We want 40% of the leisure lands from the hill back to our farmlands, uh, because it, like, realized that we were in a bargaining, like, it, it was a good position to be in. So then, uh, like, uh, got the message up to Bunhair. Okay, we're ready for our plan. Let's implement it, uh. And every night for a while, for a couple of weeks, Bunhair would do all these like loud noises from up top. Uh, and they said, well, what is this Bunhair doing? Preparing some spells. And then finally they're going to be ready. Uh, maybe it wasn't a few weeks because, again, I guess the time frame was more. But so then what they did was they would raise the balloons and they would pop them. Uh, and the balloons had a little bit of stuff on there. So it looked like, you know, like a poof. Uh, it would look like a poof. And so then they'd report, whoa, something happened with the spell and it went poof. And they said, oh, good. And they said, okay, it's still going to take a couple more nights, more and more buildup. But eventually all of the troops outside went poof. Uh, and they said, well, you've succeeded in the part of your bargain. So we grant you all those lands and your freedom, but we're still stuck with this curse that you told us about, the double curse. And that's when... Uh, but uh, not bun hair, uh, but old stocking cap said, uh, well, those were balloons, uh, cause they said, we're so delighted. Oh, that's the part I forgot. Uh, they said, uh, cause again, someone was bothering me with about the, the carousel. They said two quarters uh, for your thoughts. And I said, for the carousel. And they said, when it's fixed, uh, but they said, oh, we're so delighted. All the armies are gone. And that's when Bunhair or uh, Stacking Cap said, "Well, those were all balloons. They weren't troops at all. So you've been delighted by balloons, uh, my monarchs." Uh, and uh, they said, "Wow, they guess." And then the curse was instantly broken. Maybe it didn't even need to tell them, which would have probably been better. You know, because the monarchs they did like still reinforce property lines. They agreed on pretty stringently. And were ir- kind of irritants uh, to the, the the couple, but eventually they went back, uh, and Bunhair got to come down from the tower, and they actually got to use their picnic spot. Their re- dinner was ruined, uh, obviously. Someone had, they had sent people to clean their place, so don't worry. They weren't the monarchs were you know rulers, but you know annoying rulers, but not the worst. And that was it. They went home. They returned to their lives. So they had more land and some leisure land of their own. And uh, the pigeons, they found the pigeons and they flew off. Uh, 
And so then I got out of there. And eventually the carousel was fixed. Uh, and I think that was a disappointment to the pigeons because I never saw those pigeons there again. They realized that they had a nest in the, the V part of the top of the K at Kmart. Uh, so that's, I guess that's a, a story I heard once from a couple of pigeons, uh, like on a carousel. That, uh, and I guess it was called Monarch Balloons or the Monarchs and the Balloons. Great tale from pigeons to you. Uh, good night. Thanks, everybody.